Hello, and welcome to the CVV Code, that celibate vegan voices, with myself, Monique Lukens, and my co-host and celibate vegan compadre, Chandler Klebs. Hi. Hi. <laughs> so we have a very special guest today, and I am so excited. We're both excited. Anna Schneider, she is originally from Odessa, Ukraine, and now living in Colorado. Anna is a raw vegan. She's a holistic health coach and a nutrition educator, and she is celibate, but not just singly celibate. She has a celibate marriage, and this is what we are going to talk about. Now, Chandler and myself, we, we run uh, a, a website on, on Facebook uh, about being celibate and vegan and holistic and whatnot but some you know we we talk about having partners that have all these aspects but none of us seem to have the partner <laughs> we're all looking for the partner but we haven't found it we've talked about having a celibate marriage but we've we have to date heard of no one who has a celibate marriage. And uh, before recording, I was even telling Anna that I read an article a while ago that talked about a couple having a celibate marriage, and I was so excited. And then at the end, we found out that it was a joke. Um, they didn't say it in the article, but people stated, yeah, this is a joke. So it really um, is concerning to Chandler and myself because our platform is definitely important and it's strong. So Anna, you are the first one and I hope that there will be many more after you, but you are a you're you're the forerunner, the torchbearer. So please tell us your story and welcome. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Um, so I'll start from telling you how important for me to plan, want, and be prepared for having kids. Both okay. my seven and eight years old sons were planned and I couldn't wait to have them in my life. I was very excited. It just was one of, if not the best, one of the best part in, in my life, um, time in my life. And then came time when I, And did somebody say something? Excuse me. Uh, no, I, I didn't say anything. I, I heard your audio cut out for just a second there, I thought. Or maybe you just stopped talking. Oh, okay. And um, then came time when I didn't want to have more kids. Um, at that time, the only birth control we used was condoms. And um, every time after having sex, I had been worried. Oh my God, am I pregnant or what's going on? Just worrying. Uh, and it used to be ongoing time after time, worrying and thinking uh, until I saw my menstruation. And menstruation confirmed, confirmed that I'm not pregnant. So, uh, so basically, 
every every time this ongoing worrying uh, and thinking, am I pregnant uh, or not? Until menstruation. Uh, so uh, I realized that emotionally, it's not good for me uh, that that sex doesn't worth going for this and that I need 100% effective way to prevent pregnancy. Uh, I want to mention that I don't take any birth control pills. And um, I think they're not good for your health. So uh, when I told to my husband about my decision to be celibate, he didn't take it easily. Uh, he told me that he will not be able to live without sex. Sex is very important for him. Then was time when he was supportive about my celibacy. And then again, he told me he can find another woman for sex and um, uh, yes, that he can find another woman just because I didn't want to have sex with him. At that point, I just wanted to stay by my decision. And uh, no matter what, I thought no matter what, even if he finds another woman, fine. As long as I am standing by, by my decision, it's okay. So uh, you have to be very strong uh, going through that. Uh, emotionally, you just have to be strong. And um, yes, um, I was standing by my decision, no matter what. And um, today, nowadays, um, he saying that he's supportive, you know, that he, he doesn't mind me to be celibate. So it's kind of like him jumping, you know, uh, from, from totally not being supportive of this and then being very supportive and then jumping back that saying that oh i can find another woman and so it's interesting how he was jumping with this uh, so nowadays all that i can tell you what i see is um he he doesn't mind me to be celibate he's saying that he rather have sex with me, but at the same time he's saying it's not that it's like uh, a life or death for him. That's amazing. So, yes. Um, I what else I want to tell you is um, if you truly, I don't know, I. I hope I will inspire a uh, woman, I don't know. Uh, I hope I, I'll inspire at least somebody who uh, will be listening this 
And um, I want to, to tell to people, no matter what, doesn't matter what, because we have pressure. I know that all over the world, women feeling this pressure to have sex. Uh, I know about it now as never before. Um, and um, yes, there's pressure, not only pressure from uh, uh, boyfriends, but pressure from your husband too. Um, I never thought that he would have such reaction for this. Uh, I thought that he, at least it's how I wanted him to take it. I wanted him to be easy with it and, um, and just support me and go with me. Um, but when I realized that it's not as easy as I thought, um, Yes, I just, I thought, wow, it's it just an interesting experience for me. <coughs> yes. Yeah, well, there, there, is, there is one thing I like to say is I think it's amazing that even though he was resistant to the idea at first, he hasn't left you, that he's still with you. Yes, it's true. Yes. And, um, you know, I don't know what's, what's in his mind, you know, uh, I cannot see it, but I can tell you from what he tells me and what I see, yes, uh, he's still with me, um, and, uh, yes, and then we'll see in the future how everything's going. Yeah, I hope it goes well for you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Monique, did you want to say anything? Monique, are you there? Where is Monique? What in the Oh, uh, see, I, I suspected something like this might happen. I don't see her on the call now. She might have gotten disconnected. Um, uh, but, th but that's the nice thing about the way I set up this call is that as far as I can tell, it's still recording, which means she'll be able to hear everything that you said. So, okay. so yeah. Um, so, I suppose what you could we can do is, um, did you was there more you wanted to tell, or would you would would you like to discuss something or something? Uh, at this point, I think it's all that I want to say. Yeah, well, I mean, that's good. I mean, uh, thank you for sharing your story. See, this is very interesting to people like Monique and I. And um, par part of the reason for that is because we're well aware of how society is, you know. They view, th they have this idea that marriage is really about sex. That's what they seem to think. And that's why Monique was so disappointed of, upon finding out that the article about uh, a celibate marriage was actually just a joke. Because, because we're not joking about it. We're actually serious that if you, if you love somebody enough, then you should want to be with them 
with or without the sex. I mean, I think that's a pretty obvious thing. I, I would hope that people could understand that, that if you really love somebody, then it's not some kind of conditional love where, like, you don't, won't have sex with them anymore, so they're going to dump you. Because that, and that's the way it sounded like your husband was talking, but it doesn't, yeah. he doesn't sound like he's actually left you, so there must be more to your relationship than just the sex, because that ended a while back. Yes, yes. I want uh, to tell you that it was so heartbreaking for me. Um, I cried a lot. Uh, it was so heartbreaking when uh, the first time uh, when I told him about it, that uh, I want to be celibate and I will not have sex anymore um, unless we decide to become pregnant. Uh, so it's another thing that I didn't say. Uh, I told him, unless we decide to become pregnant, it would be the only, um, the only time when we have sex. Uh, but other than that, I would be celibate. So, yes, when, uh, he, uh, told me his first reaction was when I told him I want to be celibate, uh, when he told me that that he uh, cannot live without sex and we have to uh, break up and we cannot live together. Uh, it was very heartbreaking for me. Uh, it, it was like, I, I thought, so, uh, so he just living with me for sex all these years? Like, um, we've been living... Uh, for about 10 years together. And I thought all these years, he, he, he been living with me just for sex. Uh, I, I could not believe that, you know, uh, it was so hard for me to, uh, think about it, uh, that he's, that I've been living with somebody who just for sex living with me. And if not sex, then he telling me we, not gonna be together so yes um very heartbreaking to when somebody telling you that oh yeah definitely because you thought that your relationship was based on more than that you would ho would hope exactly yes yes and i still hope for that yeah and yeah. i want yeah, and I mean, it's hard to know what all will happen in the future, but I mean, the, it, it sounds like maybe his mind is changing and that, you know, he's going to su support you and your decision, you know, and not just leave you over that. Because it, I, I find that so bizarre, too, like the idea that as soon as the sex stops that they're just not going to live with you anymore, not going to have anything to do with you. That I mean that it that would come as a shock, and I totally get that, you know, because mm. yeah, it's just like, yeah, because it's it's a whole conditional thing. I mean, it's and it's kind of an unwritten thing this of society and expectations, and 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 one thing is it's probably something that did probably come as a shock to your husband when you announced that you were going to be celibate you know, and unless you were planning to have another kid, you know, yeah. I'm sure that came as a shock to him because he probably wasn't expecting that to happen. 
but but maybe um, you've probably talked to him a, a, at great length about it uh, too, and 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 your reasons why as well, you know, because you explained it to to us on here that um, you know you had this worry because at the time you didn't want to have any more kids, but then when you had sex you were always worried that you might be pregnant and you didn't want to be at that time. So then you had that emotional, that, that anguish over that. And I think a lot of people go through that, you know? And so I think actually um, you came to a very simple, logical conclusion that I wish more people would take seriously. I mean, because, you know, it's it, what a radical idea of, you know, that to just not have sex because it isn't a 100 percent effective way of preventing pregnancy, you know. Um, yes. So, yeah, I mean, you're just a very smart person to figure that out. Um, and but most people just laugh at that. And I, I, I'm really sad that Monique got cut off the call here, though, because. Um, right now she's not hearing you. She'll hear hear everything you said later when I get this published. But let me see. Um, I what? I mean, I can try adding her back to the call again, but I don't know. See, she, her phone. She has this this phone, and when it runs out of space, then it tends to it tends to crash things. And of course, I I know. Like I have like a, an old iPhone four that that crashes all the time so it's probably something like that <laughs> but i hope i hope that we can get her back on because she might have something that i don't know how much she heard that's another thing i'm hoping to to get her back on here because she might have have some questions for you or um and and i have and i wanted to ask you a few things too but i want monique to be able to join us so this is sad i mean because we got disconnected three times when we did our Halloween uh, episode. Um, um, and Oh, and I wanted to ask you, how is it that you came across our show? Okay. <laughs> this is what I wanted to tell you about. Um, so how did I uh, first... Okay, I was was just searching all over internet, uh, on Facebook, YouTube, anywhere possible about celibacy, celibacy, uh, abstinence. I was just learning. And, uh, and then somehow I, I cannot tell you exactly how I found your, your group, but, um, I think I found your, um, videos. I don't remember. Uh, honestly, I don't remember how I found you. Uh, if I found first on YouTube, your videos or Facebook. Uh, but I just want to tell you when I found you guys and when I, uh, heard your, uh, videos on YouTube and not just one, I thought, Oh my God, this is my tribe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Yes, this is my tribe. And, um, and I just could not believe that I found you. I, I thought they are vegans. They, they are celibate. Uh, 
And this combination, it's hard to find somebody with this, you know, crazy combination, like some people would say. Yeah, uh, it is rare. And it's, it's very interesting because, I mean, in our, in our Halloween episode, I don't know if you listened to that one specifically or not, but we, uh, Monique and I, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> were talking about how we ended up meeting. And it's, it, it's a very interesting thing, so I'll just repeat it in case people only listen to this one. But, you know, um, there, there was that website called Acebook, and it's kind of like a parody of Facebook, but it's for people who are aces, you know, that's a short term for asexual, you know. And so I was just looking for, for a site where there were other asexuals, you know, because I wanted friends – who aren't interested in sex because I feel like there's so much sexual content on Facebook and there's just so much of that that I want sort of safe haven. And then I started searching vegan on the forum on that website and that was how I came across Monique's posts. And so we had, it seemed like we had so much in common and oh, I see her status is online. I'm, I'm going to see, yeah. oh, Monique, are you there? I, I just I deleted a whole bunch of stuff, so I really hope that it's not going to stop again. My my phone. Okay, it's, yeah, it's I, yeah, yeah. I'm glad that you were able to jo get back joined to this call because yeah, the call has kept on going and recording even though you got disconnected there temporarily. So this is the way I need to be setting it up from now on. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, I don't want to uh, take away from what uh, Anne has already said, but if you could just fill me in briefly. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it. yeah, because <clears throat> I, I don't know exactly at what point you got cut off, so I don't know how much of what she, she said that you heard, but it was amazing. I'll just fill you in briefly, you know. The, you know, she, she had this husband that she was living with, and after her decision to be celibate, he was, you know, he was – he was not liking it, and he was talking about going and finding another woman or something. But as far as we know, he hasn't, and he's still with her, even though originally he he, he said he couldn't live without sex. So it's, it's still yet to be seen what will all become of that. But Anna was just telling me how when she came across um, our podcasts, um, how she found her tribe, like we're her tribe. <laughs> and it was, it's just so awesome to hear that. <laughs> are we, the, are we able to comment right now or does Anna want to continue going on? Cause I have a few things to say just based upon what you said, Chandler and what I heard Anna say herself. Uh, yeah. Anna, what do you think? Yes, Monique, you can, you can speak. Okay, great. Um, I, I'd like to know, you're from the Ukraine. Is he also from the Ukraine, your husband? No, he was born in Colorado, United States. Uh, yeah. Okay. Because one thing I'd like to say, and this may be a bit of a generalization. Okay, m I mean, most men, wherever you're from, um, they are going to expect that, whether or not you're married. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's the way of the world. There are some men that will not expect it until they are married, but it's far and few between that are okay with not um, having intercourse at all unless they are asexual, of course. But I did want to say that 
Um, I've had experience with Eastern Europeans and Western, but mainly Eastern. And they're even more hardcore. Like we need to have sex um, even more than the American uh, born men I've, I've found. And I think that may be because I, th- I think, although things may be changing, that Eastern European men are more like family oriented as far as we must have so many children. Whereas American men, it's, it's changing. American men are more open to the idea of not even having children. And even though you have children and, uh, still I'm, I'm just saying, well, in order to have children, (laughs) there's either intercourse or some sort of, you know, artificial insemination. So, that's why I wanted to ask that question. Um, I'd like to know how many months or years it's been since you've had the celibate question, uh, cel- celibate marriage. And then I also want to state how I feel about how you found us on YouTube. But let me ask that question first. So how many months has it been? Years? Um, so uh, it's... Uh... It's about, about, I would say about six months. Okay. I can't wait for sure, but uh, yes, about six months. That's great. That's great. And apparently you felt pressure from your husband. Are you feeling more or less pressure now? Um. Now, uh, less, yes, definitely less pressure. Okay. So I'm thinking that it could be a few things. He's either actually comfortable with the fact that he's celibate. See, now you're a raw vegan. And when you first became a raw vegan, it may have been harder than when you were just trying it out. And I see, I feel that the body becomes used to things and that's why that people crave sex so much if they're doing it a lot, or that's why people crave junk food if they're doing it so much. So I'm kind of wondering his body may be used to it. He may feel, although he's a man and he has less concerns, as you were saying, you were afraid of getting pregnant again and, um, you know, it, I mean, because, well, if you're pregnant again, he's pregnant in the way that he's going to be a father, but he doesn't, he's, he will not be going through all the things that you will be going through because biologically you will be carrying the pregnancy. But still, I want to say that I, I, I feel it might be that he's, he's gotten used to it. Or another thing could be he's accepted it from you like this is how you are and he's accepting it more or it could be a combination of things what do you think that the reason for the less pressure is um yes i so um at some point um when i was searching online about celibacy i found um a uh, post about famous people who are celibate. And um, 
and and I read uh, my husband th that post, and one of those famous people uh, is uh, Isaac Newton, um, who, as far as I know, as far as uh, internet uh, says, uh, was celibate. So I read that post uh, to my husband, and um, and just by the way, just read it because I I knew he was not in such a favor of listening something about celibacy um, at that time. But I just was so excited, and I just could not stop talking about celibacy. So I told him that, and I said here the. Uh, Isaac, this post saying that Isaac Newton uh, was celibate, and um, uh, yes, and how I forgot what that post was saying exactly. I posted on my Facebook, uh, but something like he. Um, uh, anyway, uh, I will not not tell you now about it. When I find it, I'll tell you. Um, so when I told him my husband about it, he said, oh, uh, this is inspiring. It's inspiring. Uh, and when I heard it from him, I thought, oh, I'm, I love to hear that, um, that it's inspiring. But at the same time, he didn't. He told me, oh, I don't want to listen about anything about celibacy. But I told him anyways. So, yes, and he said, oh, this is so inspiring. So, um, yes, I think it just takes time. You're right, Monique. It takes time. Um, and, um, yes, with if it's diet or anything. And uh, I believe that he will maybe in the future totally accept it. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, and I, I have a question. Is your husband vegan, by the way? He is vegan, yes. Yeah. Um, so, like, how long have you and your husband been vegan? Uh, about four and a half years. Uh-huh. So, yes, so um, you've already gone through that change, which is probably which one is of the biggest changes that most people experience. Because people, they, mo I mean, most people don't go vegan, unfortunately. Most people, they just stay eating what, the way everyone else eats and not even thinking about it. But, but when a person becomes aware of what's going on, whether for... Um, ethical reasons or environmental reasons or sometimes even health reasons people go, go vegan there's so many good reasons for it and if somebody can do that then I think that anything else is not very far off nothing else is too hard an achievement for them yes yes I agree with you um, here's I'll tell to you, I'm looking this post now about Isaac Newton, because I want to tell you about it. Um, oh, here it is. So this post, and I posted it on my Facebook page too. Uh, I consider my greatest accomplishment to be lifelong celibacy. Isaac Newton said it. Mm -hmm. 
I, I, I looked it uh, up too. I didn't see that, but I saw that under age 19, he was thinking unclean thoughts. And I, I would like to address that. I feel that it's good to have pure thoughts, but Chandler and I have made an episode where we're, we're not against someone who's going to have a release on their own. Um, because sometimes we feel the body may need that. And in fact, mostly with men, I don't really know about women. They've had, you know, while they're sleeping, it happens. So to me, that means that the body probably does have to have some sort of a release. Now, if you're thinking those thoughts all the time, then I think that there's an issue. I do. So, but thinking something and actually acting on something, they're two different things. But ultimately speaking, I feel that if you could get to the state where you're having clean thoughts as much as possible, I think that that's best. Um, one other thing that I want to say is Sir Isaac Newton, it seems like he never married. Um, so again, Anna, what you're doing is unprecedented. You know, if he had married, who knows? Would he have had a celibate marriage? I myself ran across many years ago that Nikola Tesla, and I wasn't even sure who he was, was celibate. But here is another man that was quite genius, but he never married either. He thought it would get in the way of his work. My concern is that I feel that some people, some people should be alone, but other people, it's actually nice to have a partner. But what happens is when you have a partner, there are so many expectations that go upon yourself that there is a portion of yourself that you lose. And I guess that's why the Bible says, well, you become one flesh. Well, I guess the Bible is stating once you have intercourse, you become one, you become one flesh. But even without the intercourse, you do tend to become somewhat like one person, like you're, you know, you're kind of like two people lumped together because you're living life together unless you set yourself up in a marriage where you're both independent, but you also have like a dependency upon one another for certain things or, I mean, I don't think there can be any couple that's completely dependent. Because there's a reason that the two people are together. I mean, even if you just decide, okay, I'm going to kiss my partner, that's going to like satisfy my needs, you know, the romance, then you're both dependent upon the one another for, you know, your romantic kissing needs, even if you lead two separate lives. And there are people that live two separate lives, like as far as living in different homes too, as far as living in different countries. I mean, I know from um, a friend of mine, his father was living in one different country than his mother because, again, it was Eastern Europe. And I think the father was truck driving in Greece and getting a lot of money because it was considered Western Europe and sending that home to the mother. Or, you know, in Mexico, you know, who's, who's over in the United States giving money back to people in Mexico. Like that does happen. I also have known that 
those situations sometimes don't work because then usually it's the man, they start having an affair, they get Americanized, so to speak, and then they kind of lose all ties at home. Like there's some, there's sometimes that that's happened as well. But I, I really would like to focus upon the fact that there are people that are married, they're living apart, and so they're remaining celibate too, but you're actually in the same home and you're practicing this. I also want to note that I'm really happy that you found us, Anna, because that is the reason that we have been doing our podcast, because I was in the same boat as you, Anna. I'm getting the chills just speaking about this. I mean, I was ferociously trying to find articles and websites about people who thought the same way as me. And I couldn't find any. Like I said, I wrote that, I, I read the article where I, I, I was like, oh, you know, a celibate marriage. I'm so, because I, I was, I was um, engaged and he was actually fine with it for a while. And then at one point he said, well, I think that if I get married to you, I might want to have, you know, sex. And I got so upset because we were together for, a number of years and now all of a sudden he said that and now I was feeling pressure and you know when you feel pressure like I hate to say it because it is and it isn't like when you feel sexual pressure that's almost like coercion and coercion is technically considered rape now I don't want to say that my fiance was coercing me because he still you know we weren't married, so I wasn't going to have sex with him. But, you know, if we were married, if we to be married now, I'm worried, oh, am I going to have to do this? And, you know, that pre then I'm thinking to myself all these years that I've just spent with my fiance. Now it's going to be a deal breaker. All this time has gone by. And now he's just going to be gone if I say no or if I say yes, you know, when we do get married, then it's going to be under the. Um, under me compromising myself because when we went into this relationship, we both agreed that it was okay to be celibate. So, you know, I think that this show and your posting articles and me and Chandler maintaining our celibate uh, vegan Facebook group and other people now that are posting things, you know, there's, there's asexuals. I mean, I mean, some of them will have sex and others will be celibate. Um, will they get married? Who's to say? But I think it's very important, Anna, and that that we have we, we speak out because several years ago I was going to um, <clears throat> attend a uh, an asexual meeting and. I had posted a few things on the Los Angeles asexual Facebook groups about veganism and celibacy. And they actually got mad at me and I was banned. I went over to the, uh, the group to try to explain that I wasn't trying to you know, cause any harm or whatnot. Um, and they got really mad and said, you're celibate. You're not asexual, you know, Find, find your own, you know, it's two different things. So I realized that even though celibacy and asexual exist, there could be a connection, but the people, they didn't want to see the connection. And I understand to an extent because some, 
you know, asexuality is an orientation where celibacy is the choice. But I think that the two can exist. And that's what I was trying to say. But they got mad about that. So I had to, you know, I had to make my own group. Yeah, and now I've seen that way too commonly. But people, they, 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 they get so mad about this because they want to maintain a distinction between celibacy and asexuality. But there's a connection there, and they're foolish to ignore that. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, ultimately, celibacy would be what an asexual practice is. <laughs> but no, I mean, and it's it's interesting because some of them are into um, what I've read S and M, like sadomasochistic, like B and D, whatever. I forget B and D. You know, like yeah, all weird yeah, kind of stuff. I mean, I don't want to say weird kind of stuff if they're in, to me. It's to me, it just doesn't seem well. Right. It's, it well, just it's, seems yeah. Well, I know what you're talking about, and it just sounds violent. You know, it sounds awful. Yeah. It yeah. does to me too. But anyway, but you're, um, but anyway, and another thing that they would get upset about is because many are atheists. Well, Chandler happens to be an atheist. I'm a spiritual Christian, but um, I, I, I know that they would get upset because they think it's a religious thing. And for me, it's partially religious, but partially health conscious and partially just the logistics of it. And as you were saying, you were worried about getting pregnant and whatnot. Well, you know, I w was worrying about that, too, for goodness sake. I mean, you know, I I've never done it. I'm I've been abstinent for life. I have done a few things that would be considered sexual, but I never had intercourse. Um but yeah, like the intercourse, I mean, it's pretty much a 50-50 chance on whether you're going to have a pregnancy or not. And, you know, a less of a chance if you have birth control. But Chandler and I have also discussed the fact that birth controls aren't 100% certain. And I'm glad, Anna, that you never took the pill because, you know, that gave women their freedom. So they thought. But to me, it just it just made it even I don't know. To me, it's not freedom because you're always worrying and you get you, you you could get pregnant with the pill anyway. And then the hormonal issues. I mean, I'm I'm pretty I'm presuming, Anna, being a raw vegan, that you like to take as little medication, you know, man made or person made uh, pharmaceutical drugs as possible. You probably try to cure any ailments through yeah. your diet and sleep. Am I correct? Yes, yes, exactly. Um, <clears throat> I cure myself basically with garlic. <laughs> this oh, I, great. I don't really, yes, I don't take uh, medicine, uh, all these pills. Um, yes, garlic is my main thing that how I cure myself. If there's run, runny nose or anything, it's like um, throat hurting, uh, a little, I just take cloth of garlic and, um, yeah. yes. Um, yeah. So basically I am for natural organic, um, and, uh, yeah. yes, living. And then, you know, so, but I do want to make mention on that too. There are a lot of vegans and raw vegans that are very much into sex mm -hmm. and, 
I think that some of them think, oh, well, I'll just find a natural cure or whatever if something happens. A lot of vegans are also pro-choice. I mean, I don't know what your stance is, but personally, I do not approve of abortion unless it's, you know, for the sake of someone was raped, incest, the or the, the baby, like, you know, for sure that there's going to be some sort of a disease or ailment that's going to really make it hard for them to live the rest of their life. And some people don't think that. Some people are like, well, how do you know until the baby comes out? Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess there's a good argument for that. But I've seen children, you know, I I'm an actor, but I'm also a guest, a guest teacher. So when a teacher is out, in a, um, in a school, I'll go and I'll fill in. And on one occasion I was in this teaching hospital where I was assigned to five students and these students, most of them, they couldn't speak. They couldn't get out of bed whose limbs were missing. Um, who, you know, almost looked like they were in a catatonic state so, I mean, some of them would smile or some of them would grunt and that would really make me happy. It really, really would. But all of them were on ventilators. All of them were getting fed and it was horrible. The ingredients was corn syrup. I thought that that was so sad. Um, and, you know, I, I, I got to say, like, would I want if I knew a child who was going to come out like that would I want that for their life I mean look every life is precious and by me getting the smile by me just reading the book that was great for me but you know I, I I'm, I'm going a little bit off topic here but I just want to say that's that's how that's why I feel that way um so but yeah so vegans they could be like oh well you know I can cure myself or whatnot but so so a lot of them I don't know. And a lot of spiritual types are the same way. Like they, they, they like a lot of sex. They do. And if you say, Oh, there's consequences from sex. Some of them will say, Oh, it's all in your mind or you can do this or that. And they'll actually put down celibacy as you're being worried or you don't know what you're missing out on or you're being negative. So they're, you also are very different in the way you're thinking, Anna, because you're going against the norm in the groups that you are collectively a part of. Do you realize this? Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> I do realize that I am very different. And this combination of being vegan, celibate, not just vegan, but raw vegan. I am raw vegan. And celibate, yes. Um, I do realize it's um, a few people only <laughs> in the world, I guess, you can find with this combination. So, again, that's why it's more important for us to speak out. Because, well, the majority wins a lot of times. Those, you know, the, the, the majority gets the, 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 the news press. You know, the majority gets you know, what is acceptable, what is mainstream. So when you're in the minority, in some ways it could be good 
But in other ways, it could be really hard to live your life because you're always getting that slap back. Yes, yes. Um, and when I announced, uh, like, on my Facebook, let's say, my social media that I am celibate, um, it felt like, uh, like I was uh, verbally raped. This is how the best I can describe it. Um, mm -hmm. It's it, it just I got uh, so much pressure from uh, uh, men, uh, especially like guys, men, um, with uh, these comments like uh, just pressure, pressure. Why and uh, um, and yes, no matter what, uh, if you. You have to be very strong to stand by your decision when you're in minority. Uh, it's not for, it's like I told to my husband, it's not for weak people. Uh, you have to be strong uh, to go through this, to go and still stand by your decision no matter what. So, yes. Um, and... Uh, yeah, woman experiencing it all over the world, pressure from their boyfriends, their husbands. Um, and yes, I told him my husband when, when he told me that uh, um, he can find another woman. Um, I told him, it's okay. I said, I know women experiencing it all over the world, this pressure. It's okay. I will stand no matter what by my decision. Mm -hmm. That breaks my heart, and I went through similar situations. But I am so glad that he is standing by you because from what I believe, he really loves you. Because to me, a person that's going to break it off with someone just because they can't put, and I'll be a little graphic, but I'll be nice about it. Just because one can't put a penis into a vagina, mm. you know, to me, that's not love. I'm sorry. To me, it's not. Now, the only thing that comes that's so strong in the way, and it's not even, oh, man needs sex. It's not even about that. Religion. Most religions say that if you get married, you know, you have to submit to each other sexually. I mean, like you, you consummate the marriage with intercourse. Well, not all religions, but I would say that most of them do. I mean, I was born and raised Catholic. And as far as I know, that's it. And when I told, I won't give, I won't give out names and whatnot, but when I told a person in my family how I felt, she said, well, then your husband's going to want to have an annulment, an annulment meaning like to be removed from the marriage. I also told a doctor one time, a vegan doctor at the vegan Thanksgiving potluck some years ago, how I felt. And, she, and he said, well, you'll probably never get married. And like, again, like this was just so, so depressing that a special family member and a doctor both said this to me. Mm. Why should why should what I would like in life be taken away from me just because I wish to 
remain celibate. I mean, I and Anna, I like romance. I've loved I've liked hugging and kissing in the past. And most of my partners have left me because I wouldn't give in to the next step. And and I'm not even talking. I mean, this was before I was celibate. I, I was abstinent, like waiting till marriage. It was only until I was mm, 28, I believe, that I decided I'd like to remain celibate for my life. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and then the the guys they didn't believe it at first. My fiance was the first one that really believed it and was okay with it. And then he kind of changed his mind and we're not, we're not together anymore. And I don't really think it's because of that, but, um, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So I, he really loves you either that, or, I mean, I don't, I, I don't know, you know, I think his body might've gotten used to it. He knows how you are. Um, I mean, on, on the opposite side, I would really hope it's, you know, he's, in some years going to stay like, you know, time's up, you know, I'm leaving. I, I would really hope that that wouldn't be the case. I would hope that he would be the precedent of a male that actually agrees and says, Hey, this is actually good. This is natural birth control. I could still give affection to my wife. I mean, you don't have to tell me, you know, if you do other things or whatnot, but like, uh, and and I and I and I want to state, like I I think that some people think celibacy means oh we're going to only ha- hold hands or something. No, it doesn't. You could do other things. It depends on on the couples. I mean, personally, like with the oral, um, I don't know. I think that's a personal decision. Again, I. I don't, I don't even feel that that's necessary. Unfortunately, and I'm really giving myself away here. I have partaken in that. And one time it was because of pressure and pressure, which I would say was coercion. And to this day, I think to myself, well, then that was rape. And I will say that I actually enjoyed it. I did. I did like it, but still he coer- He said that he would leave me if I didn't do it. And he was from Eastern Europe. And then the next time he expected it, and I said, no, you know, I can't. And then I never saw him again. Yes. Um, and I just want to state, and now I'm really giving myself away. Um, just a couple months ago, I had, like, little tiny, um, like, grayish blisters on my tongue. And now this happened... This happened back in 2006. So I started doing all this research and I thought, oh my gosh, like I hope that it's not from this because it says that it could be from oral, it could be from even just kissing somebody who has um, herpes, not the genital kind, but the oral. Well, I do want people to know out there that I think I read something like a statistic of 70 or 80 percent of I think it was Americans or the whole population might have oral because even babies can have it just from being kissed and whatnot I mean not sexually kissed but 
babies can get it. So I don't feel that bad. Most people in their lives have developed for cold sores and whatever, but um, I don't know. Like, I either got it from that or from kissing someone, because I remember kissing someone, and he had he he was had a cold or something, and I got strep throat like several days later, and that was an expensive kiss because that bottle of medicine cost me ninety dollars, and thank God my mom was there to take care of me. He wasn't there to take care of me. I also know a person that he had um, mononucleosis. And that is like called the kissing disease. Yeah, I've heard of that. That puts you out of commission for a month or so. And when I saw him next, he he was so thin. He lost all this weight because he had been bedridden. Um, So... The fact of the matter is, I used to really like to kiss. <laughs> um, I wasn't so much. The oral thing, that was only for two special people in my life. And then this one person that I really, really liked. And I shouldn't have. I mean, I knew him for a while, like half of a year. But, um, you know, I wasn't dating him on a regular basis. So I shouldn't have done that. I had done it once. And then the second time, that's when he pressured me. He said, you'll never see me again if you don't. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I really shouldn't have with him. But anyway, um, regarding the kissing, yeah. I really feel that, I mean, I have mixed opinions, mixed opinions. I really think that you shouldn't be doing that unless you're in a committed relationship and that you've both gotten yourself checked out. And I might only say that maybe it should only be for married people. And I know that that's going through extremes. But if you're going to be celibate now, then there should be something to to look forward to, I'm thinking. Because, you know, before intercourse was that special something that people waited for. But Chandler and I both agree that unless you're going to have children, and even so, you could be artificially inseminated if you choose. Um, or adopt. <laughs> Remember, that's the that's the main thing. Yeah, well, that's how we feel because there's so many people in the world, and there's other reasons as well. But um, you know that we we don't feel that having intercourse is necessary. So then what's the special thing? <laughs> because be- before, back in the day, let- let's get something straight. Most people did wait, you know, from the 50s and beyond. If you didn't, then you were considered a fast girl or, you know, even way before that. I mean, you know, the Scarlet Letter, we all know the Scarlet Letter. She had a, a baby out of wedlock and she had to put that what was it, an A on her or something for adultery where the minister, he got away with it, her partner. But look, I'm not saying that people should go to that extreme. I don't agree with that either. Not at all. But there were, there were more consequences, especially for women to have children out of wedlock than there are now. Now the consequences, you struggle monetarily, although the government does help. And then that's like a whole nother story. Now the taxpayers are paying for people that have had children that can't handle the finances 
and other people paying for that. Yeah, see, this is where it gets complicated because I actually have a lot to say about that because this is why I've become an advocate of celibacy because there there are several things that go wrong because – I either because when people continue to have sex that even if they're using other forms of contraception then they believe that they won't get pregnant but then they still do because none of these methods are 100% effective. So then what happens is like Monique was just saying you either have people with all these kids that they can't uh, they can't afford and then that's imposed on the taxpayers or they have an abortion. And that, uh, to me, is an even worse one because then that, that, that what that is is that is creating children and then murdering them all because people were too stupid to do what Anna has done. See, Anna, she's the genius here. It's like if I don't want to have more children right now, I'm going to not have sex. And her husband has to deal with that because she's strong, you know? And I just wish that if more people did that, then the abortion issue would be solved. And there also and there wouldn't be all these children that people can't afford to take care of if they weren't having them because they just stopped having sex. I mean, it's such a solution. Yes, I agree with you, Chandler. Yes. Um, since I became celibate, it's... Uh, naturally brought me <laughs> when i started searching about celibacy and ab- abortion naturally brought me uh, closer to christians um and i realized oh a lot of christians because i am non-religious i call myself spiritual i am non-religious um and uh, yes uh, i realized a lot of christians again uh, abortion and um, are like abstaining from sex until marriage at least so yeah, it brought me just closer to them and then uh, yes I totally agree with you what you just said yeah well it's very uh, by, interesting oh, by you- the way I just wanted to put it out there um, Intercourse to me is really meant for having children within a marriage. Like somebody's going to be there for you and the child or children. And in that aspect, even though it's animalistic and biological, I do feel that there is that spiritual connection. I do. So, you know, if you want to have this for that, you know, I'm definitely not against it. If you're asexual and you don't want to and you, you still want children, you know, well, again, Chandler and I do believe in adoption. Then I guess the artificial insemination is another choice. But Anna, um, yeah, like I just feel that we can all have affection in our marriages. I mean, how good does a hug feel? How good does a massage feel? You know, by the way, massage isn't sexual. It could be sexual. But massage, to me, that's medicinal. And people have to get that straight in their heads <laughs> because I think a lot can come out, you know, negative stuff can come out of that too. But, I mean, let's say you could have medicinal, sexual, sensual massage, um, kissing, hugging, snuggling, you know, just being in the bed, the same bed as somebody, 
you know, and sleeping in their arms. To me, that's a spiritual thing and waking up, you know, with them in your arms. Mm -hmm. Um, And you don't have to do that all the time. You know, like I'm I'm fine with couples having separate beds so they can have, you know, their own space and have, you know, a good night's sleep or whatever. But I do think that sometimes it is nice to, you know, have that closeness. But I do want to tell you, going back to the garlic um, mention, Anna, I yep. what I, I looked up. Um, yeah, so it's the, the I well, I never was diagnosed with it, so I don't know for sure. I recently took a blood test to see if I have the oral herpes. But I took garlic, mm-hmm. and it went away, like, in a few hours. So... I mean, just just let you know, I'm I'm with you on you really don't need to have all that pharmaceutical toxic stuff going into your body. But still, like, I don't want to have any sort of thing come into my body, like because of somebody else, nothing, nothing. And um, uh, yeah, so, so yeah, I, I just told like a lot of my life there. And yeah, probably more than you needed to tell, Monique. <laughs> I did, Heather. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, but but nonetheless, this is all very interesting. And, I, I mean, I think it's wonderful that Anna has um, has found our show and and she can enjoy listening to that. And, and I have a – and I think maybe we'll have you on – as a guest on the future, if there's anything else I'm going to talk about again. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. I would love to be your guest again. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah that's awesome. So, Anna, I, I hope that your husband's going to listen to this, and he's welcome to be a guest as well. And I will say that you, you know, you are just wonderful. I mean... I mean, like, I, who knows where relationships will be in the future, whatnot, not just you, but anybody. I mean, unfortunately, divorce, it's so prevalent, prevalent with people who have sex. That's why I don't feel that intercourse is a determining factor for people to stay together. Because if that was the case, then 50, 60 percent of the United States population would still be married, you know, and around the world. That's so a very good that point. Factor. Well, yeah. But anyway, what I want to say is, like, he's very fortunate to have you. And if he left, he would, that would just be, that would totally be his loss. Totally. I mean, it would just be, mm, I hate to say the word stupid because I don't, I don't really don't like that word, but I don't know what else to say. It would be stupid. Yep, that's you're the just, right word. You're so genuine, and you're and and absolutely. I mean, you are just so wonderful to you know to have as a partner. I just I just know that. I just know it. Thank you, Monique, so much. You uh, made me feel so good about it. Thank yeah. you. Good to hear that. Yeah, and I'm sure that it's good to be able to share your story with people who totally get where you're coming from. Because most people, they don't understand that kind of thing. Yes, yes. Um, I hope I'll inspire uh, somebody, at least if even one person. I will be happy. So, yes. Thank you so much for 
listening me and um, yes, you're my tribe, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll have to come up with a name for our tribe, I guess. <laughs> Yeah. But there are more women, especially, that are becoming self, um, you know, at least in, like, periods of their relationship, and then they think that they might go back to it or when they meet the right person. I'm, I'm seeing all these kinds of stories on there. So it is becoming more popular, and it's becoming more of a, um, um, what can you say, like a trend. But still, the glue... Um, that you have brought to this, it's not out there. There is nobody that are, is saying about a celibate marriage except the three of us. And, um, and well, I guess maybe some of the people on the Facebook website group, but I'm really not sure about everyone's opinions in marriage. There have been, there definitely have been likes and some thank yous. So I definitely think that there's women, more women than men that want this. It's just not happening. So thank you for making it happen. Thanks for putting it in motion. Yes. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, and you know, one thing I'm curious about is now Anna's story, first of all, is a very rare thing because you don't hear this kind of thing where where somebody in a mar uh, marriage is like, yeah, no, I'm not going to have sex anymore, you know? It, 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 that, that doesn't happen very often, so it's very refreshing to hear something so – new you know but but i have my thing is what i'm still waiting to hear is is somebody to tell us they have a celibate marriage where it started out that way where before marriage they both agreed that they were going to be celibate in their marriage for life i i'm um, still i'm still waiting to hear a story like that <laughs> yes it would be interesting to hear that yeah well, with as many people as there are in the world, surely it's going to happen sooner or later. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. But, um, I mean, if I ever get married, it you know, I have been celibate for the intercourse. So, but yeah, it would be actually nice to know if there's a couple out there who's really done nothing sexual and then you know, they have intimacy that is non-sexual in, you know, at least no intercourse in the marriage that I think that that's really good. I think that that's really respecting each other's bodies, each other's temples. And, you know, Anna, by you becoming closer to the Christians, I know that we've been speaking a while, but I really do want to say that um, I feel that that's a great thing that Christians have going for them. The only thing is that once you're married, you know, most of them expect that. And that's where it starts getting um, distressing for me because there are many Christian that, that Christians that say, well, if you believe one thing and you don't believe another, then you're not really Christian. And then we start getting into, into the whole gay rights thing and all the other controversial topics. And I've, you know, I've said before, look, I think that it's great if it could be male and female. I do. But if it's not going to be, then at least be abstinent and or, you know, preferably celibate and be with the person that you love. I mean, there's some people they don't, you know, they're male and they feel more female or vice versa. 
who am I to say like how you can feel? But it's really their actions or sexual actions that determine it, not like who you love. So to me, being gay, it's not as Christians would think it is a sin. To me, it's not. And I just don't want people that fall into that category to be ostracized because they are the way they are. And the Christian church has made me very skeptical because they aren't, you know, accepting of them and the whole like abortion thing. Well, again, like if somebody's been raped, you know, there's Christians that feel that they should just carry out the pregnancy. And look, I know that it's not the baby's fault, but I don't know. It just seems really wrong to make a 11 year old, 12 year old girl to have a baby because you know, her dad forced himself upon her or some, you know, man, just, it just seems wrong to me. And th these are the kinds of things that make me stay away. And, you know, some of the things in the Bible too, mainly it's the old Testament. It's atrocious. What, you know, animal sacrificing and, you know, rape, making the man like marry the rape victim. Although see back in that day, it was almost like a good thing because if a woman was raped, then nobody would want her. And I don't think that that's good either. It's not. So in some ways it was good because then, you know, she'd have a man, you know, she needed a man back then because a woman really couldn't live by themselves back then. Find How could they make money financially unless you were a prostitute? And that's like a whole, you know, different yeah. can of worms. It's yeah, like horrible. Exactly. You know? and, and, you know, Monique, um, we, we've covered topics like this a little bit on the show before, you know, where we've gotten into the religion thing. And, and that, and that's something that we'll continue to do, I think, because, I feel like that's such a huge that this topic it has such um, religion associated with it because when people find somebody celibate they automatically assume that it's for religious reasons and a lot of the time it is so I'm sort of the odd one out um, but yeah I mean you we, we've just just this time we've talked about how the, the, a lot of the Christians, they have this idea of, of no sex until marriage, but then after marriage, it's like it's your duty to have sex. And that's where they do a, a 180 turn. It's just like really freaky to me. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And then, then we get into the New Testament, be submissive to your husband, which has been taken out of context too, might I add. But still, it's just to, to, to be a, a female... Um, in the marriageable age, it's scary when people are pointing to quotes like that. And as far as I know, um, I really do believe it's out there where this is supposed to be used intercourse to consume the marriage to have children. So if there's no children to be made or whatnot, then why are people doing it? And why would Christians point the finger at one? But that's the way it is. So it's like I'm not an atheist. I believe that I believe in the power of Jesus's name because I've actually he's saved me. Like I'm, I am a spiritual person and I've felt negative energy before. 
And I swear, I swear on my life, if I felt that and I said his name, that immediately the negative energy goes away. I do believe that there's spirits out there and there's a power in his name. Whatever you want to say, because he walked on earth, because he's a master ascendant, because he's a son of God, all the above or some, whatever you want to say, I think that there is a power in his name. And I think that there's even atheists who feel that way too. But, um, but as far as like being rigid, where there's some things that could be possibly more harmful than good, when you look at it logistically and spiritually, holistically, biologically, then I'm concerned with religion. I am. I think it's a great thing for the positivity that it brings, but for the certain things that I've come to understand, especially as I've gotten wiser and matured, there's a harm. And that's why I don't go to church every week. You know, I'll, I will go. I find that there's a piece, a, a piece to it, like to be with the, the spiritual energy. But I'm, I'm afraid to get involved because of what I said to you. Yep. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, yeah, we'll have to get more into that on, on another show because, oh, there's so much that needs to be, to be said about that. Because one thing is for sure. The majority of the people in the world, like it or not, are very religious. That they have been the majority throughout all history. Long before Christianity, there were other religions. And I understand those people will all be the majority, and I'll always be in the minority in that regard. But it's that's why it's so important to understand how those people will understand our message. That is a very important thing to think about. And if the Bible was written by men, even though it was inspired by God, you know, how do we know that certain things weren't kind of left out? How do we know that it was skewed to be male dominated? I mean, especially back then. Come on now. It's becoming more female oriented because women have jobs and more say and are starting to get equal pay and whatnot. So, you know, I mean, it, it ends with revelations. But to be quite honest with you, I really feel that <laughs> we need a Bible that is God-inspired, but it's more for day. It's more for respecting, like, women as we are now instead of back then. We were more of a property, so to speak. I would love if that could happen, but you know, <laughs> but Chandler is probably like, ain't going to happen because there's no God. Well, we'll see. But Anna, do you have any comments about what, but what Chandler and I have said um, as we wrap up the show? Like, because you did say that you kind of got sort of the. Um. No, I I don't have any comments now. Um, just yes, thank you for letting me speak. And yes, I love you. <laughs> yeah, well, well, thank you. We love you too, Anna. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> we we know that that's a real love, and you know, thanks for letting me. What I said actually got some things off my chest and you know Anna men men 
some women do it too to men, but men primarily have pressured women in and out of marriage and it just, it has to stop. And I actually think that because of the news stories that are coming out, you know, Hollywood, I'm sure you've heard of the Weinstein person and all these other directors and whatnot that have sexually harassed and pressured and, and, you know, I mean, there's more women that are speaking out about sexual harassment. And, you know, if you're in a relationship and you're being pressured, that is sexual harassment. Even if you're dating the person, you are being harassed. You are being pressured. And if you do it against what you really wanted to do, that is coercion. And technically, that's considered rape. I do see like college websites now that are saying, if you, like, did this because somebody said you know, if you don't, I'll do this or I'll leave, you know, they're saying that it is under the same category. You know, years ago, it wouldn't have been determined like that. It would be like, oh, well, that's your fault. But, you know, today we're realizing that it really it's not your fault because, you know, sometimes the pressure is so intense and you might have little education or you have fear or whatnot that it's wrong. It's like, yeah, it's harassment or, or it's coerced sexual assault. So I do think that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sorry what's happened to women and men. I'm very, very, very sorry. Cause I know it's affected their whole life, but I'm glad that it's being open now so that people could start respecting one another's, um, you know, decisions and, you know, how far that they, um, you know, they, they want to go. I mean, I, I would hope that everybody would go celibate, but at least, at least respect because it's not fair to try and help somebody, give them alcohol in order to loosen them up. No, this is, this is all wrong. People, people have this message. And I think a lot of it has also happened because of the sixties, because you know, drugs became prevalent and the pill became prevalent and like guys kind of expected it. You know, once women are like, we could be like, I expected it, but there was always do it. So, you know, it, it, we just have to talk like, you know, not everybody wants to have sex. People want to stay celibate just because the sixties happened, just because people doesn't mean everybody has to take drugs, nor do we want to. And I really hope that people will go towards a holistic lifestyle, whether you believe in a higher power or not, go towards a holistic lifestyle because we have one body and I don't know if we're going to come here again or not, I but now we have one life and you have to take care of your machine and you know, you have your beliefs, your principles, your ideals and everybody respect everybody, whether or not you are a believer is like to an extent, a spiritual entity. So, thank you. I'm going on my soapbox. Yeah. That's all I have. Thank you so much. Yeah, I think I hear Anna's kids in the background. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. My kids. <laughs> they were in, you, in their room. Now they came out. Oh my God. Have you so, Have you mentioned anything to your children, or are they not old enough to understand? Oh, I yes, I tell them I don't keep any secrets uh, from them about it. 
celibacy. I tell them openly uh, about celibacy, what it is. Yes, and they they like it. They do support me with it. Oh, this is so wonderful because see, they're the next generation. So they won't. They're they're two boys or a boy and a girl. Two boys, seven and oh. eight years old. So when you teach the boys, right, especially, then they won't be pressuring women in the future. I mean, yes. men have to realize what they're doing. Men, I think men need to take courses on how to treat women. I, I truly do. And vice versa, women to men. But like with this whole sex thing, it's horrible that they expect it. And, you know, I, I sometimes think I want to teach a romance course to guys because a lot of men don't don't know. They don't know, like, you know, what really romance is. All they know is that, you know, they're going to have sex. They're going to get laid. They're going to nail somebody. They're going to hit it. They're exactly. going to all of those things. Yes. That, you know, so thank you so much for teaching them. And I would just hope that in the future that not just in the home life, but that we actually do get these courses and not just abstinent only classes because we do need to know what creates a baby. We need to know sperm and eggs and, you know, the penis and the vagina. We need to know that, but we also need to have the holistic approach in our thoughts. And that is really, really missing. Yeah. And that's, that's, big pro that's why we have it. That's why we have an out of control problem in my estimation. Yeah. Yes. Since you started talking about it, Monique, um, I, I, I thought about this book that I, uh, but I, I guess we can talk about it maybe in another um, show episode. But um, um, this book, it's called uh, uh, No... Uh, no more sex or something like no sex. Um, I'll check it and maybe we can talk in another episode. Um, but it's about the whole culture um, that uh, how people just having um, sex and uh, without emotions, without feeling. Um, and yes, this is this generation here. It's happening. Um, and it's teaching, teaching basically kids, teenagers, how to not to have a uh, feeling for somebody. Um, yes. Although I will say that there was a, a study that came out that um, millennials are having less sex, less sex than other generations. And I think that that might be because men and women have become more equal and um, I think that there's one portion of the millennials that have access to, you know, have had access to the porn and, you know, instant dating and stuff. And you, like you said, no emotions, just dating and sex. But mm -hmm. then I also feel for maybe the more educated millennials that they're actually seeing men and women as more equal than in any other generation, you know, because, yeah, the 60s made women equal, but it really wasn't equal. It really wasn't. And so now it is. But see, uh, and also I think millennials, they're kind of scared to get married because there's so many divorces. And they've seen, you know, the, the, the men like 
um, lose their money and divorces and women have to struggle with kids. I think that's part of it too. So they they see those, you know, the some of the negatives make them um, less wanting to be married and then maybe like not having sex or whatnot. But really, I think it would be great if we could, you know, say that, you know, being with a partner does kind of make life easier if you're on the same path that is and you don't have to have children and you can remain celibate you know and if you are going to be with somebody and have the emotional connection which i do i i do feel that that's a nice part of life to be emotionally connected to someone not to be like so dependent that you can't live you know but i think that it is it is nice to have some family connections and hugs and kiss. I mean, I don't know. To me, like tenderness, that's a great thing to have in a person's life. And I've told Chandler before, there's even a study out there that babies need, I don't know, something like 10 hugs a day to just live. Something like they need to be touched. And so I do feel that people need to be touched. But that doesn't mean that touching means that you automatically back and have you know you know hit the you know, you know what I'm saying so so yeah like we need we need we really really need to start from the ground up again because it's just our our society is devastated I feel and also with medicine they've been devastated like that's why the pharmaceuticals have taken over People have depression and bipolarity. And why? Because we've, like, lost connections. Like, you know, I think depression a lot of times, somebody just understanding you and giving a hug. Seriously. I really do. Not for everybody, but for a lot of people. And a lot of these mental illnesses have been made because of society. And I and I stick to that because in, in places where there are more family connections... Less depressions, less mental illness. They hardly even know that it exists. Yeah, I think you're on to something there, Monique. Um, but I think we'll need to call it a night soon here because I'm getting kind of tired. But this has been really okay. good having <laughs> Anna as a guest. And, 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 we'll, and, we, and we, we usually do try to do an episode about, about once a month. So at some point in the future, maybe on another Saturday or so, we'll probably end up doing another show. And then, Anna, you're welcome to join us again if you're available at the time we do it. So um, was there any any last words uh, that anyone wanted to say as we close out this episode? I'm good. Yeah, you said enough, haven't you? <laughs> How about you, Anna? Yeah. Uh, just, I want to tell to everybody, stay strong, stay, if you believe in something, stay uh, with it by your decision, stay strong, be strong, this is what I want to tell you. Yeah, yeah, sometimes you have to isolate yourself from people too, I've noticed, you know, in order to do that, but we want to change it around where you don't have to feel alone, like where people are all along, you know, this on the same page. So 
Thank you, and you are now a confirmed celibate vegan compadre. <laughs> I, 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 right? Yeah, I guess that's the name of our tribe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Two muscarettes and one musketeer. So thank you. Of <laughs> the show. Yeah. And- <laughs> um, Thanks everybody yeah, for and, listening. <laughs> and when will, those, when will the Three Musketeers candy turn vegan, by the way, or raw vegan, even better? You have been listening to the CVV code. That stands for Selba Vegan Voices. My name is Monique Lukens with my co-host, Chandler Klebs, and our special guest, Anna Schneider, who is a, a torchbearer in celibacy and raw veganism, connecting the two with a celibate marriage. Thank you and much prosperity to you, Anna. And we, we definitely want to have you on again. Thank you. Thank you.